Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hi there, and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and I'll be your host for this episode. This week, I'll be talking to food writer Genevieve Taylor about how healthy can still be delicious, and Gregor and Adam share tips for the perfect kebab. But first up, here's digital writer Alex chatting to the guys down at modern Indian restaurant Tally Joe about the tradition of the Dabawala lunch delivery. I'm Alex and I'm here at Tally Joe, which is a buzzy restaurant on Shaftesbury Avenue in central London. And it specialises in Indian half plates and cocktails. Um, Tally means tipsy, so as you can imagine, it's a great place for a party. But I'm actually here to talk about a very special labour of love and an Indian lunch tradition that I hadn't actually heard about before I came to Tally Joe. And it's the tradition of the Dabawala. So I'm here with Samir Tenager, the co-owner of Tally Joe. So Samir, can you tell us a bit more about the Dabawalas and how it came about, please? Sure. Hi. Uh, Dabawalas, Dabba literally means, you know, tiffin, the three-tier tiffin box, and uh, wala is a career. So it, it, it was set up by a bunch of locals. Their, their motto was to to transport hot meals to their loved ones. Is that in, in it, it started all in Mumbai okay. a couple of years ago. And... The whole idea was uh, idea of doing this was so that you know people can enjoy their home cooked meals at the right time, hot meals. So b- b- before before this concept came in, it was it was exactly the same, but they were they were carrying by themselves okay. to the office in the morning, in the morning okay. and. Uh, while at the time of lunch, it, the food got cold. Yeah. So just you to eliminate, yeah, eliminate, <laughs> and to eliminate that process, it was all 
that this was all born a little the bawala was born and you know and it's still running up successfully okay so so the idea is that your partner your parent your sister your brother can cook at home and then somebody one of the dabawalas will transport your home cooked food to your desk absolutely that that brilliant a... we should get that in london <laughs> <laughs> so um i understand that there are approximately 5000 uh, dabawalas in mumbai and they deliver 200000 homemade lunches absolutely um, the women and um, men in the homes. So that seems like a bit of a logistical nightmare to me. <laughs> how how do they make sure they deliver a correct lunch? It is. Correct... Uh, it's like like every every problem, you know. They, they, there is a solution. So they had their color codings. They had their they had all the essential uh, tools to make sure it is delivered the right bus to the right person. Yes, they had. You know, they it, it is. They go through the transport through rain, shine. It is. Mumbai is a very chaotic city that yes. they have to cover lots of traffic, you know, and to make sure it's delivered. Not only deliver, they also have to collect the dabba and return back to their houses so the next day it could it could repeat the same process. Okay, so it's like kind of like a postal system, isn't it? Absolutely. As well? So you Absolutely. get your different colour codes and your Absolutely. different going to different places. Um, and I understand they wear white outfits and hats. Is that to, to like an alarm bell to say, like, move? We're coming through. <laughs> they, they must have start, started with, with a code, a dress, and which became very, very respectable. You know, people respect them because it's like an ambulance, you know, just leave them away. They have to reach at a certain... So that respect they got, and I think it's, it's running successful. Yeah, definitely. And also, do they... Because there's 5,000 double wellers and 200,000 lunches, so do they carry multiple lunches? Yes. They, they... One bike... They also... One bike carries 60 to 70 dabbas and not only one man one man in a in a bike also when it depends on the distance they travel the transport includes the bus car boats you know there are different modes of transport to make sure it goes to the right it all depends on the the distance amazing so um because i i've been to um some countries like sri lanka and they have like mopeds and tuk-tuks piled yes absolutely mopeds um yeah. Lots of uh, modes of transport are involved to make sure the dabbas are reached to the right person. And what are they transported in? They have a, a thing called the tiffin, don't they? Yes, dabba actually means a tiffin carrier. It's a three-layer three, three layer tiffin box okay. where the fam, it depends on the which family meal they are carrying and mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 con, it contains maybe carb, little salad, staples. Okay, so it's know, and, it a, and a protein. They all, they all are kept separate. So it's like a metal lunchbox. It's a metal lunchbox. Sounds box. very, very efficient. So the so the point of the Dabwal is that the workers can eat home cooked food at their desk. So what type of food are we talking? It it depends of the family. They go and carry the food. But again, the i the most the most important is the idea was to give their family food. You know, you can okay, eat so your it's, family it's food. It's very much regional. Regional it? food, yeah. yes. Because India is such a, yeah. a, a large um, place that there's, yeah. there's so many cultures and different regions. So what's where, where are you from? Are you, I'm from Delhi. Okay, and what's the, the regional cooking from Delhi like? It's in, in North India, Delhi, very Punjabi-influenced cooking. Uh, most of Punjabi lives there. And uh, it's hot, spicy, like... Uh, we do in Italijo, we do butter chicken from Delhi. I just it, had that for lunch. It was amazing. <laughs> thank you very much. Also, when, when we talk about regional, and we, which we recently launched in our regional Dabba menu, 
So we have Delhi in it, we have Jaipur, we, it covers lots of other regions. Yeah, so because um, there's also, so you have Delhi's butter paneer and then you have Mangalore's coconut rice with crispy okra raita and Jaipur's roti with sweet lime pickle, which sounds amazing. Um, and what you do at Tally Joe, which I, I thought was brilliant, is um, you have the, the tiffin, so you have the three tiers, um, like they do in India when the Absolutely. double deliver. Um, what's your favourite dish on the menu? I love in, from the Dabba, I love butter chicken, but we also have Nalinihari, which which is in our a la carte menu. It's a roasted bone marrow, cooked oh. in a in a Nihari fashion. It's, it's my favorite. We have devil scotch eggs, which is my another favorite. I'm very biased to the menu. I think I love it all. So, um, if you don't have an Indian mum at home to cook for you, then I highly recommend you come to Tally Joe's and have their Dabba menu. Or um, we've also got some great um, recipes by Monica Gorwarden in our Olive um, April issue. Um, and she's updated some classic Indian dishes to create these stunning recipes, such as spice sweet potato cakes, fish tikka skewers and creamy chicken curry. And Monica's actually got a menu for Mother's Day at Tally Joe as well, so you can come and try it here. So I might go and have a go at creating my own tiffin for tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, do you know what amaranth is? And can you tell your Khorasan from your Koji? If not, listen up as food writer Genevieve Taylor talks us through her investigation into the hottest healthy ingredients and what you can cook with them. So I'm here with Genevieve Taylor, who is food writer, food stylist and olive regular. And today we're talking about the March issue. We have this fantastic new feature and it's all about healthy food trends. Um, and the way this came about is I asked Genevieve to, to maybe just go away and investigate some of the new healthy ingredients that were coming out and that people were getting excited about and had all sorts of claims about, you know, how good they were for you. And she set off on a... I think a two or three months long investigation. Um, yeah, and this is what she came up with. So welcome, Genevieve. Hi, uh, nice to so, be here. Um, tell us how you got started. How did you choose which ingredients to use? Or, or to well, I just, I just sort of investigated all the things that seemed kind of current and trendy and new, really, and went away and had a think about those, did yeah. some research, and, and then just picked kind of a good handful that I fancied trying, maybe that I'd never heard of or never tried before. Because I think you said you're kind of a healthy sceptic, aren't you, about whether I actually am. something things are yeah. really they might be a little bit good for you but do that actually taste good I would describe myself as a sort of skeptical healthy eater I yeah. mean I love I love food um, and that's my main my main motivation is sort of greed really for yeah. eating so yeah. I approach this, this I think we can piece. all get on board with yeah. that <laughs> I, I approach this piece with a little kind of a a sceptical head-on, but also the main importance for me with food is that it tastes good. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you bother? Why would you bother? Yeah. Um, so, so that was my starting point, really. But it's kind of, it's probably true to say you were quite pleasantly surprised by by what you found out yeah. in the end. I really was, and it was great. And and one of the biggest bonuses was actually, I think, when you're a, when you're a cook and a food writer you can get sort of stuck in your little rut just, yeah. as, mu just as much as um, everybody cooking can. You I know. think we all like cooking with the same... Yeah. I, I know I pick yeah. the same ingredients exactly. when I'm shopping. Time and, and time yeah. again yeah. because it's easy. So it was really 
it was really refreshing and kind of energizing to be shaken out of that. Yeah. And, and right. sort of said, try some, try some stuff that you wouldn't yeah. normally try. <laughs> yeah. you know? And that was great. And I was pleasantly surprised by lots of the stuff. So let's talk about some of the ingredients. Yeah. Um, got some great great names here first one we'll talk about is koji tell us about koji yeah now koji i had never heard yeah, of me neither all, ever but um i've eaten it for all of my life yeah. you know because it's one of the main ingredients for sort of soy sauce yeah which is something i love and cook with all the time and miso i think yeah as well. and yeah. miso yeah and it's it's like a sort of um fungal Sort of it's a strange looking yeah. thing, isn't it? It's because a weird I think they thing. take um, white uh, white it's rice, rice, and they sort of inject it with spores, yeah. and then ferment it. It sounds horrible, it sounds but really it rank. it's actually really delicious. It's kind of like because I I bought a packet um, to sauce in it for the shoot, and um, and when I I was really shocked because I'd heard it was you know part of miso and soy. When I actually squeezed it out, it kind of looks like puddingy rice, like rice yeah. that's been boiled a long, long time, yeah. isn't it? Or, or so kind of like the water left over from when you yeah. drain rice. Yeah, that so you've it's very, it's kind of starchy. Sort of, yeah, but the flavour is like a really deep umami savoury. Yeah, it's not very easy to describe. But I mean, in the um, I used it on a few different things, but the the chicken recipe that's in the magazine, yeah. you kind of almost marinate, marinate the chicken it, in it yeah. overnight, and it just imparts a kind of amazing kind of tenderness to the yeah. meat as well it sort of really tenderizes yeah. it as well as this sort of really interesting flavor that you yeah. can't quite put your you know finger and on and they've been eating it in japan like as koji for centuries yeah and, exactly um, you know obviously we know japanese cooking has a lot of health benefits anyway so yeah. it's definitely yeah. worth seeking out and um i think it's one of those things if you if you go you do have a japanese supermarket by you you can get it there's also it's quite readily available online I found yeah. it really easy to yeah. get online I mean like all these things you can get them online really easily yeah. I, I couldn't find it in a shop no. you know I live in Bristol and but we've I got think, some great big supermarket yeah. you know Asian supermarkets and they didn't have it but um it, online I've seen really it popping easy. up in a few places so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's, it might be the next big thing to yeah. kind of you yeah. know it'll be in your your big supermarket in the Japanese aisle pretty yeah. soon I reckon and what about um let's talk about another K Khorasan Khorasan <laughs> so yeah. this is this is a flower yeah and it's it's a sort of ancient grain flower so yeah. it's a sort of old variety of wheat um that came from Egypt I think um and it's 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 it, really high protein. It's isn't a really it? high protein, and it's kind of whole grain, yeah. but it's not. It doesn't have a whole grain look or no. taste. So it's like having the benefits of a sort of really hearty wholemeal loaf, yeah. but it's and actually it's, very light. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it, it's not. The health benefit isn't that it's gluten free. It's no. that it's got it's got a lot of protein, and as you said the other benefits it's but a lot of fiber and a lot of protein but yeah. you made pasta out of it and i try i mean that pasta yeah. is fantastic thank you it sort of gives it like this extra silkiness to yeah. the pasta yeah. doesn't it it was beautiful to work with yeah. you know it's, it's so it makes a really of kind smooth. of soft silky yeah. dough that goes through the pasta machine yeah. really yeah, well no, it was lovely and you infused your pasta with beetroot so I you've did. got this bright pink totally which pink. is beautiful oh, i know Girly <laughs> as well. pink pasta. Yeah. yeah yeah so that and actually flowers i found this year we were talking about trends earlier on 
flowers are super trendy at the minute, aren't yeah. they? Like everyone yeah. wants to invent the new flower. The, the new, new, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think we've only really been eating processed mm. white wheat, you know, yeah. modern wheat, yeah. for, for a very short period of time before in history. That, and yeah. before that, it was all sorts of really interesting mm. grains. And so that's that's fascinating. I mean, this flower is one that I did I did just find in the supermarket. Yeah. I think um, Dove's Farm, yeah, who are quite exactly. a major Dove's manufacturer, yeah. make it. So that, that's a great yeah, one. It's really to easy to get out. hold of. Yeah. 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 Um, and now amaranth, which I absolutely love oh, because know. of the fun the fun aspect of this. Tell us about that. So amaranth is a kind of seed. It's a bit like millet, I yeah. think. And I think it's one of those things that historically budgies and stuff ate. But yeah. now it's but it's another ancient grain. It's another isn't it? ancient it's grain. grain, yeah. And it's um, the the best thing about amaranth is you can chuck it in a dry frying pan yeah. and pop it like popcorn like popcorn so it's like miniature popcorn yeah. you, you know, literally think really, it's not going to work yeah. it's like taking something which is smaller than couscous grains yeah teeny it in a hot pan and you're like this isn't going to work yeah but it does it pops yeah and then becomes puffed yeah. and then you can use it and i think you used it in a a really lovely cheesy flapjack i made a sort of savory flapjack yeah. with it but you could use it in a sort of sweet traditional sweet flapjack yeah. or just sort of sprinkle it over cereal or kind of put it into kind of scones or breads yeah. or you know and again it's another of these ancient grainy things that yeah. are kind of high fiber and i mean that amaranth is um you can get it from any health food shop i found that really easily but that's a great one i think texture wise it really adds an extra yeah. kind of we we made it um a tabbouleh out of it using the amaranth yes. as the grain yeah. and it just gives you that extra little bit of crunch it's in there it's a kind so. of crunch isn't it almost yeah. like kind of poppy seed crunch it's yeah. that sort of they're quite kind of hard and nice yeah and finally let's just talk about um, turmeric because that is I mean that's just become crazy yeah. I can't I can't open a web page or turn the page of a magazine without seeing a turmeric latte yeah. or you know. Oh, no. But you know it is good isn't it? That's why we like I think these trends happen and they become big because mm. I think people start to really feel the benefit of it. Yeah, so Yeah. So how did what, I mean what, turmeric yeah. is one of my favorite spices, you know, not not least because it's such an amazing color. Yeah. I mean it's just that kind it's of beautiful. awesome yellow that yeah. stains your that fingers. That stains your fingers. And, yeah, yeah, but, yeah I found that afterwards. Yeah, it's a bit to, like beetroot. You have to wear those really grim gloves oh, yeah. if you don't want your or fingers Or you just stained. wear your stains with a you know, pride, pride. Pride. badge of honour. Yeah. Um, but the thing about turmeric is I think it's really worth trying to seek out the fresh mm. root. Yeah. Um, the, the best way I can describe it is if you think about the difference between dried powdered ginger that you yeah. might bake a cake with and fresh ginger that you might grate for a stir fry. Yeah. It's, that, it's that difference in flavour, really, from yeah. the sort of slightly musty, dusty, dried stuff, which yeah. is fabulous, than the fresh stuff, which is really zingy and almost citrusy. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And you can you can do all sorts of things. I mean, you did something quite unusual with it. Yeah, I did. I used it in a pudding. Yeah. <laughs> and I would urge everybody to try this pudding because it's an absolute revelation. I mean, I'm not a sort of dairy-free kind of person, but yeah. I, I discovered that you could whip coconut cream. Oh, yeah, the whipped almost coconut like cream. Almost like you can whip double cream. cream. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it it's doesn't so get light. It doesn't get, like, super, super thick, but it, no. it gets airy and yeah. pillowy. Yeah. So if you're on a dairy-free yeah. kick or you, someone you know is dairy intolerant, mm. I mean, that, that bit was incredible. But then the, the turmeric, you infused it with, I like, made, mango. I made you? a sort of... Um, a kind of slightly thickened mango, I guess kind of a coolie really, yeah. with mango and fresh turmeric mm -hmm. in it. So it was really vivid. It really bumped really, up the colours, didn't really it? Really sort of tropical. Yeah. And then folded it very gently into this whipped coconut yeah. cream. 
And I think the thing about turmeric, because I've read quite a lot about it, is um, it has got, I mean, they again, they've sold... Um, they've, they've sold the concentrate in health food shops for years mm. because it does have this incredible anti-inflammatory property, which yeah. is which I think is is pretty much proven, isn't it? I yeah, mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's really. I mean, in in sort of ancient kind of Indian medicines, yeah. they've been using turmeric for, for you know. Centuries. But we also made a simple chai where you literally mm. can get um, turmeric and ginger and some spices yeah. and just put it in a pan. Um, you know, give it a little simmer yeah. and then you can add sugar or honey or just leave it or yeah. add almond milk if yeah. you want to. Or you can whiz it up if you want to make your, uh, yeah. your turmeric latte. Yeah. But I think that's one, I think that for me, that's one trend that's going to keep on going, yeah. basically. Yeah, I mean, spices are phenomenal things and I think we should all eat some spice every and day. Do you think it have, so you've obviously, have you taken any of these into your regular cooking now that you yeah, said absolutely. that you've just, yeah? yeah, no, definitely. And definitely. do you think it's kind of opened your eyes to a new? I think it has and I think, I think, I mean, my sort of approach to healthy eating is is to try and eat as much variety yeah. and textures and flavors and colors and that you know that's the healthy way to eat really yeah. is not to not to limit and restrict yourself yeah. but just to kind of grab as much variety as yeah. you can yeah. and then run around a bit yeah and then just you know <laughs> excited about oh, well, it oh thanks very much Genevieve you can actually follow Genevieve on Instagram what's yeah. your Instagram it's Genevieve Eats Genevieve yeah and Twitter and, and, yeah. Yeah. and you've got a lovely website I as do. well yeah. Genevieve Taylor GenevieveTaylor.co.uk but thanks for sharing all of those tips and I do urge you to either buy the March issue which has got all of these fantastic recipes tips and ideas in or you can also go to the Olive Magazine website where we'll be putting up Genevieve's recipes too. But um, thanks very much for coming in and sharing it all with us. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This week, cookery writer Adam has been developing the perfect shawarma recipe, which got him and Gregor on the subject of kebabs. Let's see if they can come up with the perfect one. Hello, this is Gregor, Chief Sub, Production Editor and Writer from Olive Magazine. And today I'm going to talk to Adam... Hello. And we're going to be talking about... Kebabs. Kebabs, mainly. Yes. Because at the moment, Adam is developing a really delicious looking kebab. Tell us about your shawarma, please, Adam. So this is, um, it's more of a kebab on a bigger scale. Um, So I'm sort of writing a feature uh, for the June issue, because that's the way we work. We're a few months behind. about uh, ways to utilize your barbecue and do more of like a centerpiece bit of meat as opposed to, you know, loads of little sausages, loads of little burgers, kebabs, or little kebabs. This is more of like big kebab. So yeah. it's like sliced meat um, pushed together onto big skewers and then barbecued to perfection. Right, barbecued to perfection. Well, yeah, I'll yeah. try. I'll try. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, lo- we're lucky in London. There's so many good uh, Turkish and other yeah. types of restaurants that sell kebabs. Um, one of one of my favourite ones is is uh, near Hackney Central Station, and uh, I can't remember the name of it at the moment because it's kind <laughs> of an anonymous place. But I can tell yeah, where it yeah. sells because of the neon sign. Anyway, um, but there they have one called a yogurt cop shish, which not really difficult to understand what it means. And so it's a shish kebab. Right. I always go for so the like one. pieces of, of meat which yeah. are grilled on a skewer and then uh, taken off into onto your. Onto your plate, yeah. exactly that. And so it's and so the, the, the cubes of meat, they, what they also do is, because they have one of those griddles, is that they fry pieces of like thin flatbread, mm-hmm. okay, um, and, and in butter. 
That's so, what, why wouldn't you? Yeah, course. why wouldn't you? It's, it's, and it's on the bottom, and then you've got the, the chopped meat on the top, and then yeah. you've got a bit of, you know, um, onion and pepper and stuff like that, um, and then a big dollop of yogurt with some uh, chilli butter poured over the top. Mm. And it's, I'm, I mean, it's, it makes my mouth water just thinking about it. So it's basically like using the flatbread as like a crouton to absorb as much meaty goodness as you can get. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely delicious. In fact, when I was eating it at first, I thought that they were like bits of lamb crackling. They were so delicious. Right, right, right. But, but the flavour. Actually, just... ask the poor man behind the counter <laughs> what it was because yeah. I, was, I was determined to, to try and recreate this thing. But you know, it was fried bread. So there you go. Nice. And what about the meat? Did it? Is it uh, lamb? Obviously, it's, la- it's lamb. And you can, does you it can have get that... chicken, but I, was, but I always does it have that lamb. classic sheesh or like what I think of when I think skewered meat of like really toasted on the outside and crispy but actually still maintaining a lot of moisture and juicy inside and it is exactly that yeah perfect and, and i mean that's the that's the excellent thing about kebabs isn't mm. it because you can cook them fairly rapidly yes because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they, if it's a metal skewer yes it will heat up yeah. and uh, greg was telling me before this about when he uh, made some wooden skewered uh, kebabs and forgot to soak them and uh basically they all set on fire. They did go on fire, and, and yeah, and I mean to, to be entirely fair to myself, the mm. reason the reason for that was it was wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault, Adam. No. What, no. Ha- what happened was, um, it's you know in, in recipes it always says soak the wooden yes. skewers beforehand, and I was just about to do it, and my girlfriend was, "What are you doing that for?" And I was like, "Well, because it says to do it in the recipe." She went, "What a load of rubbish! What a load of nah. just, just do. It. You don't need to yeah, do that. Yeah, just crack on. You don't need to do that." So I, 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 I did as I was told. And it all caught fire. Yes. By well, you know, that's the sort of thing you only do once. Yeah, it is the sort of thing you only do once. Yeah. So it was, it was but it, but since then, I've always soaked my wooden kebab skewers. Anyway, so that works really well. But with it, with a metal one, it conducts the heat, as you yes. say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it cooks from the inside and the out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is means that um, you can cook things really nicely, and things like fish work perfectly. So you can get them really crispy on the outside, like little. Then we've got a fish tikka with garlic, turmeric, and lime in uh, the current uh, issue of the magazine out now. Ah, sauce. yes. And now I've got to say that was delicious. And I do love fish on a barbecue, mm. actually. So the fish kebab that we had was a chicken. Was it no? It was a fish? Yes, it was but a fish. It was, it was a chicken. It was, it was a chicken fish. It was a chicken fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I think it's important to use any sort of firm white fish. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, it's just going to fall apart. Really. Yeah. And you need that sort of meatiness so that you get the good ratio of charred to soft flesh. Yeah. And that's why I like lamb. I'd use it like lamb leg. Yeah. Because it's got that, it's, you can get nice chunky pieces and you yeah. can get it really, like, you know, you can get it really nice and caramelised and mm. crispy on the outside and it still has a lot of moisture inside and it's, yeah. you know, unctuous. Yes. Uh, and also, as a meat, it's very good at carrying flavours so you can really get some nice spicing into there and... Yeah. Um, and it's the only bit of cooking that you need to do, isn't it? When yeah, you, I mean, it makes for a very good midweek uh, dinner, yeah. I think, anyway. Yeah, um, because apart from that, all you would have to do would be the salad, say, to go with it, or the sausage. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but because of the, all the flavour that you get there, because you get the caramelisation and you get the marinade and, uh, and, and you get the softness on the inside, yeah, yeah. It, it, with the meat, it's like a totally rounded dish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all you have to do is... Well, this, I mean, my mum used to make little chicken soy uh, kebabs, just literally a little bit of soy, a little bit of garlic, uh, a little bit of sugar as a marinade under the grill with uh, metal skewers. And uh, yeah, we just have it with salad and pizzas. 
yeah, probably, you know, not exactly the most regional, um, correct uh, <laughs> Chinese skewers with bits of bread, probably yeah. with the French, like we just have like a vinaigrette on the uh, salad, but you know, who cares? It was delicious. Well, it and must hummus, be, we used to have hummus as well. It must be around about the most original sort of fast food. I bet it was the, oh, first, yeah, I bet yeah. it was the first street food that you yes. could get. Well, I think a while ago I was talking to you about whether barbecue meant from your beard to your bum or something. That's one interpretation. I think it was beard to tail, isn't it? Beard to tail. So it's basically like a skewer all the way up through an animal from its mouth to its its exit. Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But apparently you say that is absolute rubbish. No, no, it's it's not. I I wouldn't say it was absolute rubbish. Right. But it's it's an unlikely theory. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's what... I guess you call folk etymology it's because it sounds like yeah. another oh. word. People imagine that that's what it right. is, but it, but it doesn't necessarily bar, come from there. Bar in fact, meaning beard in Arabic. Well, yeah, but it's, no, it's in it's in French, I think. Is it? But but it's but in fact, where it comes from is uh, I think it's from the Caribbean, from one of the original languages there, which which was just taken into Spanish, right. I think originally okay. wholesale. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the the word doesn't have any sort of European meaning at yeah, all. Connotation at all. Yeah, connotation. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there we are. But kebabs that that they do. That's a Turkish word. Kebabs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw, we went a bit off piece there, but we came back to it. Yeah, yeah. We think. came back to it in the <laughs> end. <laughs> so anyway, Adam's recipe is for. June, uh, at the, the lookout for the, I'm, what else, I haven't quite finished it yet, I haven't really written that much of it, it's, it's an idea that I'm working on, yeah. I've got, you know, give me a break, I've got a couple of months, but um, yeah, basically the big, the big barbecue feature is definitely going to be in there, so keep your eyes peeled for, uh, we're going to do some whole fish and some larger pieces of meat, big bits of steak, yeah. uh, you know, more of a showpiece for your barbecue as opposed to uh, blackened sausages. Okay, well, looking forward to it, thank you very much, Adam. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. If you liked it, please don't forget to go and review and rate us on iTunes. For more information on things in this episode, head to our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our packed March issue now from newsagents or go download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with even more food chat.